The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Hello and welcome to Fearless Fabulous You. I am your host, Melanie Young, and I'm so happy you could join me. Today actually is Memorial Day 2016, and it's simply beautiful where I am in the country in the Hudson Valley. And uh, I want to thank you for sharing, and my guests will be on today for sharing their Memorial Day with me. Um, For those of you who don't know my full story, um, I have been a passionate writer all my life. I learned to read at age two, um, and I have been keeping, since I could write, I've been keeping diaries. I have them in every shape and size uh, with everything about my life uh, since about five years old, actually, and still keep diaries, and, and particularly around New Year's, which is my birthday. If you read everything that I do around New Year's, it's the story of my life. With the hope one day that I will write a memoir, which is one of my goals starting this year. I'm inspired by writers and the creative process. Both my parents were writers and authors. My mother's written plays and children's books, and my father's author of, of four books on the Civil War. So that's where I get my creative muse. My first guest today helps people with their creative muse. She is a, a best-selling author, an award-winning author of over 15 books, and she wrote the definitive book for people who are pursuing their creative pursuits called The Artist's Way. Um, And she also wrote Walking in This World and Finding Water. Julia Cameron um, has, she helps people tap into their creativity to live with intention and purpose and be in the moment and find their creative muse. And she's been doing this for many, many years. Her new book, I love the title because I totally believe in reinvention. It's called It's Never Too Late to Begin Again. Discovering Creativity and Meaning at Midlife and Beyond. She now lives uh, in, resides in Santa Fe, a place I think is so spiritual and creative, and she leads workshops to help people pursue their writing, um, writing workshops. So I want to welcome Julia to the show. Julia, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, I have to tell you uh, in, in my intro, as you know, I'm, I'm a writer at heart, and frankly, Julia, all I want to do in life is write and talk, and I'm working toward that <laughs> very much so uh, out of my former life, which was a very stressed out public relations executive. What I love about your approach, and we're going to talk about it, is it's, it provides structure, which I think writers need, but it also allows for vast creativity, which is also important for writers who don't want to be literally penned in. I have to ask, what inspired you um, as a writer and a creative person to write It's Never Too Late to Begin Again? We, I'd like to start with that point of reference. Okay, well, I'm 68 years old, mm-hmm. uh, and I found myself saying, I still want to do my plays. I still want to do, I, I had dreams that were not yet fulfilled, 
And I needed to say to myself, for myself, it's never too late. Uh, and I found uh, that as I focused on going ahead with my work, uh, even though I was, quote, too old, uh, that I found my, my work enlivened. I had a play go up in Albuquerque last August, uh, and one of the reviews said, it's a masterpiece. What was Georgia Cameron doing that she kept it in a desk drawer for 10 years? And I think uh, the answer to that was I was believing it was too late. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I do want to point out to my listeners that you are, in addition to being um, writing this book and being an author, you're a poet. You have multiple credits in the theater, film, and television. So you really are in all of the creative and performing arts, which I admire because I come from a family that's committed to the arts. My mother's uh, a bit like you, but in, in the small town sense. And she's in her 80s, and we talked about you when I went to visit her, and I shared my book with her, and your book with her. And I... I think that age is, you know, it's a chronology, but it shouldn't be a state of mind. Don't you think that? Yes, I think uh, that what is important uh, is a commitment to knowing yourself. Uh, And as you become more authentic through doing the tools in the book, uh, you then relate to the world in a more authentic way, and you have optimism, uh, and you have faith, uh, and you have opportunity. Uh, I believe that our attitude uh, greatly affects our opportunities. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. In fact, my blog post today was uh, stop focusing on two and think of one, as in T-O-O, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too old, I'm too busy, I'm too this. You're, you're one. Focus on the power of you and one. I'd like to talk about some of the... Um, steps. Um, you, you know, you really outline why, particularly when people are retired and they lose the structure of going to the office and whatever they're doing, suddenly they live an unstructured life and you try to help them find structure, but also step out of their normal boundaries. So let's talk about your approach. Well, uh, one of the things I found was that when people retired, uh, they often had a dream that they wanted to actualize, and then when they had all the vast swaths of free time, they found they were unable uh, to move in the direction of their dreams. And I found that people missed the structure that they had had in their work life. Uh, and I thought, well, how do we get them structure again? And I came up with uh, a tool which I have used for 30 years, uh, which is called Morning Pages. Uh, And I urge people, uh, when they wake up in the morning, to write three pages of longhand writing about absolutely anything. Uh, And as they began to do this, uh, they began to structure their life again. Uh, The Morning Pages would make suggestions about what to do in the course of the day. Uh, And following those suggestions would give people a sense of purpose. Exactly. And I want to point out that the morning pages are not your to-do list. (laughs) 
they're they're what I love is that you 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 really want people to one longhand. I love that you say do this longhand and not on a computer. And it's about whatever is in your mind. Like, can you give an example of something that? Maybe you've worked with somebody and something has come out of their morning pages. Could you give some really great examples in your book, um, It's Never Too Late to Begin Again? Well, I have a friend uh, who lives near you in the Hudson Valley uh, who has been doing morning pages now uh, since the year 2000. Uh, And he began uh, as an actor uh, and a voiceover talent. Uh, and then his pages urged him to try writing stories, mm-hmm. uh, and then he became a short story author. Uh, and then he found he had a hunger to take photographs, uh, and he became a photographer. Uh, and then he became uh, a director. Uh, and all of this comes out of the flow of morning pages, making suggestions and his having the courage to follow those suggestions. His name is Daniel Regan. I love that story. I truly believe it because so many people get so lost in their day-to-day life, and, and, and they live in what I call wistful thinking. They're wistful for what could have been and wishful what should be, and they're locked between those two worlds. And um, what I love is that you really help people unlock the mental block is what I call it uh, in doing that. Morning pagers are one way. I also love the artist's date. Well, this is a second tool, uh, also grounded in the artist's way, Uh, So it has 30 years of background, Uh, and what it is, is you go out once a week and you do something fun, Uh, and I find that when I assign the work of morning pages, people are eager to do the work, but then when I say, now I want you to go once a week by yourself and Mm -hmm. do something that's enchanting and interesting, people balk and they say, I don't see how this could help, but what happens is that with morning pages you are stirring your intellect, and mm-hmm. with artist states you are feeding your soul, mm-hmm. uh, and the combination of a brightly awakened intellect and a happy soul uh, leads people to a, a sense of contentment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and and I, I truly believe that everybody should get out and step out and do something creative every week. I mean, I, personally, every day if you have the time. But it, it's so soul-gratifying. Julia, when I was going through breast cancer treatment and dealing with my own experience during chemotherapy, I would go to the opera mm-hmm. and listen before chemotherapy, my treatment, because it calmed me down. And I said to my husband, you know, I didn't want to go out and eat dinner. I was living in Manhattan time. And I said, I want to go just listen beautiful music. It, it soothes my soul and prepares me for what lies ahead. And that's how I did it. And, and also through uh, keeping a diary. Uh, so I had daily morning pages. They were longer than three pages. But it is such a gratifying experience. And so many people don't take the time. How do you deal with people who say, I don't have the time? Now, with retired people who are retired, they should have the time. But it's amazing. Like you said, people have all the time in the world, and then they have no time. So how do you help reset that mind think? Well, I, I coax them a little bit. Uh, I, I say morning pages aren't hard. Uh, they just uh, take somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes. 
mm-hmm. uh, and you put down uh, what it is you're thinking about, what it is you're dreaming about. Uh, you sort of are contacting the universe uh, and saying, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you uh, spell out authentically your likes and your dislikes, uh, you begin to have a notion of what might be possible. Uh, and it starts out with morning pages making a suggestion, as they did to me, you will be writing radiant songs. And I thought, I'm 45 years old. If I were musical, I would know it. Uh, but the pages persisted. You will be writing radiant songs. And I've learned to be obedient to the pages. So two weeks later, when I heard the song, I sang it into a tape recorder, and it was the beginning of a musical career. Unbelievable. That's fascinating. That, for me, Julia, it comes in dreams. I've actually dreamed stories and songs. So I've learned to keep um, a notebook by my bed to immediately start writing them down when I wake up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I encourage people to do that because so much sometimes comes you know, in your sleep. Uh, you know, for me, it's when I'm calm. So it's, it's amazing. But then you're so fresh, you forget. Something else that I truly ag- agree with you on as well is, is taking um, your, your solo walks. Why is this important? Well, walking is very important because it allows you to integrate what you've learned from the other two tools. So uh, you, you do your morning pages and you get a sense of direction. Uh, and you do your artist date, and you get a hunch or an intuition, and you do your walks, and you find yourself saying, oh, I can do this after all. So the walks extend your sense of possibility, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they, are, they are a good time for you to walk out with a dream, Mm-hmm. Uh, and walk back in with a plan. I couldn't agree more. I, I really agree with you. I um, have always loved to take walks, uh, whether I was in the city and just exploring different neighborhoods. Just we'd go out on what we call little safari walks, my husband and uh-huh. I, and we'd, we'd start walking with no plan in mind and just take a neighborhood and stop here and there and maybe go grab a bite at one place or go grab another bite somewhere else. And, and it was so much fun. And, and up here I do it, uh, I tend to do solo walks in the country and it's often where I uh, come up with some of my best ideas, Julia. Yes. Well, that's what the walks are for. Yeah, I think they're, and, 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 and just to add to that, they're also very healthy for people, and particularly as you grow older, you tend to be more sedentary. So not only are you exercising your mind, you're exercising your body, and many people don't exercise either enough, right? Yes, so I think they are a, a, a wonderful opportunity uh, mm-hmm. f- for growth, mm-hmm. uh, because when you walk out, you may walk out feeling a little bit creaky, Mm-hmm. Uh, but after you've been walking five minutes or so, your your limbs uh, begin to be more limber, mm-hmm. uh, and you find yourself feeling younger, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you you find yourself feeling a, a sense of possibility. So I think walks are very important, and that brings us to the fourth tool mm-hmm. in the books, which is every. Uh, 
every book is divided into 12 sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each section has questions, which, if you will answer them, allow you to write a memoir. Exactly. And it's fascinating. I have not done that exercise yet, and, and I want to write a memoir. I want to write one anyway. It is, for those of you listening, it, it is, the questions are, uh, they really make you think and dig deep. Um, and it starts with such little things like, where did you live? Describe your bedroom. Um, did you try your hand at any art forms this period? You take it age by age, starting at a very young age, and, and you basically take, take somebody by the hand and let them write. What they, their story, age by age, right, year by year. Yes, and what happens is that people may initially say, "Oh, Julia, my life was boring," mm-hmm. uh, but then as they begin to answer the questions, they find themselves saying, "Oh, Julia, my life is interesting." Uh, and what they do uh, in creating a memoir is leave a legacy for their children and grandchildren, uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful exercise uh, in self love, uh, and people find themselves feeling optimistic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and 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 it's a, it's it's a journey of self discovery. I truly believe every ha- I come from the world. I I was in communications and public relations, so. My entire career has been based on telling, creating and telling stories for people who couldn't tell their own. Mm-hmm. And I truly could spin a story out of lint, I swear. I think everybody has a story, and the key is to help them coax it out of them and realize that they are interesting. I think a lot of people don't really think they're interesting. Right, and I think what happens uh, is they write morning pages mm-hmm. is that they fall in love with themselves. Uh, they they begin to realize that they have creative ideas uh, mm-hmm. and that they have uh, a, a hunger for expression. Uh, and I'd like to say that Morning Pages train people in taking risks. Mm-hmm. Every day you take the risk of getting on the page. Yeah. And as as you learn to take these risks... You learn to set aside your inner sensor, uh, who is, I, I call mine Nigel. Uh, <laughs> and Nigel is forever telling me depressing things. And I have learned to say to Nigel, Nigel, thank you for sharing, but I'm going to go right ahead and write. Uh, and as you learn to uh, step past your sensor, uh, you begin to be more fulfilled, uh, and your sensor uh, loses its power. Uh, you begin to think of it like a little cartoon voice of negativity instead mm-hmm. of like the world's coming to an end. Oh, gosh. And and you never want, you know, I think the power of positive thinking is so important. It's interesting, as, you know, with older people, my mother and I, have, my mother's very passionate about this topic. And she believes that the way to stay young is to keep your mind active and you, to keep your life socially engaged. And I don't mean on the Internet. She means being part of a community, which you advocate and talk about in um, your book. And that, 
that if you don't do that and you shut yourself in, you hasten the aging process versus the uh, process to live a, a more fulfilled life well into a longer life. Um, and, and you're an example of that. How do you um, employ it in your own life? Uh, you're living now in Santa Fe. You've, you had a, an amazing um, career and still do. Uh, you've written this book. I do want to give a shout out to Emma Lively, who is a, a violinist and a creative person who uh, works with you. How do you do it? How do I do uh, a day? Mm-hmm. And how do you, how do you, you know, you follow, obviously you follow your, your way, but do you find challenges at all that you can share so that you're also imperfect? Well, I wake up in the morning uh, and I go to the refrigerator where I keep a pot of cold coffee. Mm-hmm. And I drink my cold coffee. And then I sit down in a large leather writing chair, mm-hmm. uh, and as I start to write, my little dog, uh, who is a, a West Highland Terrier, mm-hmm. uh, leaps up onto my lap, directly onto my journal, uh, mm-hmm. and tries to grab my pen. Oh, <laughs> he and likes to. He likes to have you play with him and not with the pen. <laughs> Right, I call. I say she's a real writer's dog. Well, I understand that. I have a little one too, named Sazerac, named after the cocktail, and he's always patting at me rather than trying to let me work. <laughs> you right. advocate. You advocate. Um, I just also want to point out before we wrap up, um, you also advocate getting a pet if if yes. you can't afford it and are, are living in a situation. Because why? Well, if they have a pet they begin to have unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pet looks at them with some adoration, uh, mm-hmm. and we look at the pet with some adoration, mm-hmm. uh, and you begin to feel uh, that maybe you're as interesting as your pet thinks you are. Well, let me tell you, no one thinks you're more beautiful, attractive, brilliant, and smart, and perfect as your, your pet, particularly your dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. I mean, if you can find a, a partner that believes that as well, God bless you. Right. Um, I just want to let everyone know again that we've been talking with Julia Cameron. She's the best-selling author of um, The Artist's Way and many other books and a playwright and a songwriter. And she's uh, written for television and her new book and one I highly recommend uh, at any age and stage of your life, particularly though if you're facing the next incredible chapters in midlife and beyond. It's called It's Never Too Late to Begin Again. And I also want to point out your website as well, which is www.theartistswayatwork.com. So, Julia, thank you so much. Uh, and, and, and just one final um, tip for anyone listening to unlock their mental block, what would you say? Well, I would say try doing morning pages uh, and listen for hunches. Uh, and uh, I've been told that the morning pages are, quote, the portal to faith. Oh. So I, I believe that as we do them, we come in contact with a benevolent force uh, that we can use on our own behalf. 
I think that's incredible. You know, some people have morning prayers and some have morning pages. Something that keeps you spiritually and creatively enlightened and starts your day that way will stay with you and make your day better. So I want to thank you, Julia Cameron, for helping many people tap their creativity and for taking time in your day today, Memorial Day, to be with me. I wish you all the best. You're very welcome. Thank you. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Fearless, Fabulous You. I'm Melanie Young. And, of course, this show and all my shows are podcast permanently on iHeart.com and the free iHeart at, at shows and personalities. We'll be right back. Fearless, fabulous you. It's Melanie Young. Happy Memorial Day. I want to remind everybody to come on over to MelanieYoung.com and check out my blog. Today's post was um, forget the two and focus on one. Instead of being two, go one. I mean, T-O-O is in. You're too busy, too tired, too old, too this, too that. You're nothing except you, and you have the choice to do whatever you want at any age. So we started this month um, discussing osteoporosis, uh, because it's Osteoporosis Awareness Month, and we're going to um, end this month on a, a, a major topic. It's also Stroke Awareness Month, and I really, I have to confess that I use, you know, I've, the phrase, don't have a stroke. She's having a stroke over something. It means, you know, you're, you're getting crazy over something that's really, you know, silly, but a stroke is very very, very serious. Uh, While more men um, have strokes, uh, more women can die of them. And I saw a show yesterday on WABC with an Afro-American woman who had had a stroke. It was um, a show targeting women of color. And uh, they said that women of color tend to um, uh, be candidates for stroke. The whole topic got me uh, thinking and 
I'm excited because I have uh, on the show now a leading uh, women's health expert, and she's a specialist in ca- women's cardiovascular health, uh, which is tied to many things. And people think heart, you know, heart disease is a heart attack. It's like 9 million other things as well, including stroke. Her name is Dr. Nieka Goldberg. She's the medical director of the New York University Langoni Joan H. Tisch Center for Women's Health in Manhattan. Fantastic medical center, I have to say. Um, some little things I want to point out is that she is the national spokesperson for the American Heart Association and started the Go Red for Women campaign, which I have talked about frequently on this show um, in my pursuit of helping women be more aware of heart health because it Heart, health, heart disease does run in my family. My grandmother died of a massive heart attack, did not notice any of the signs, and my father had um, quintuple bypass surgery, so I'm very cognizant of women's heart health. I want to welcome uh, Dr. Goldberg to the show today, and thank you for joining me on Memorial Day. Well, thank you for inviting me. Well, um, I am honored, and I love your book. Uh, Dr. Goldberg is author of a book everyone should have on their shelf if you're a woman. It's called The Complete Guide to Women's Health, and it provides really a a head-to-toe discussion on major issues uh, for women, particularly uh, if you're age 35 and beyond. Uh, And uh, I'm reading through it, and I zeroed in on several sections, especially cardiovascular health. Um, I'd like to first... I'm I'm just for the I'm I'm in my fifties. I'm a breast cancer survivor and postmenopausal, and like many women of my age and older, my mother's in her eighties. Our bodies are changing; things are happening. What's normal, and what should you what should you look at as maybe not normal, and really seek some help? Well, right around your um, mid forties and fifties and beyond, as you go into menopause we start to see changes in your body, Um, you know, in terms of the cardiovascular system, which is something you you have a lot lot of interest in, as I think all women should, because it is the leading killer of women, Mm -hmm. is that um, your blood pressure starts to go up and your levels of bad or LDL cholesterol go up. And um, you, you start to notice that you you're more likely to gain fat around the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, your bones um, aren't building back up as fast as they did when you were younger. So you you mentioned earlier about osteoporosis or osteopenia, which is mm-hmm. low bone density. Um, it's it's um, it's the point where if somebody tells you you have osteopenia. You need to start exercising predominantly by walking mm-hmm. or anything where you're standing on your feet. That's what we mean by weight-bearing. And mm-hmm. also to have a lot of calcium in your diet. And if you're not getting enough, you might your doctor might suggest that you use calcium supplements. And also not to forget the vitamin D because you need enough vitamin D to absorb the calcium, both exactly. from your diet or your supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there are changes in your skin and um, you tend to get drier. But um, w- one of the things that we have to always focus on is making sure a woman gets checked out for these things. Mm-hmm. For instance, as you get older, it's not inevitable that you'll have heart disease, even if you have a family history. Studies have shown that people, even with a family history, can lower their risk of heart disease by exercising. Right. 
And in particular, just driving it back, I want people to understand when we talk about cardiovascular disease, we're talking about cardio meaning the heart and vascular meaning the blood vessels. Right. And a stroke is a form of cardiovascular disease. It affects the blood vessels going to the brain. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, um, I think it's great that you brought up the issue of stroke awareness. It's the number, it's the number three cause of cardio, type of cardiovascular disease that causes um, disability and, and, and death in women. And what's really amazing about it and, and scary is that often um, the symptoms are ignored. Um, you know, a, a headache that won't go away. The woman who was on television yesterday had a headache and it wouldn't go away, so she took an ibuprofen and went to bed. That, yes. It's, um, it is what the, the headache of, a, a headache is a symptom of a stroke that's caused by bleeding. So there are two mechanisms of stroke. One, the most common kind caused by the buildup of plaque or cholesterol in the arteries going to the brain Hmm. and a blood clot forming. Mm -hmm. The other is a burst in a blood vessel in the brain. And the most common cause of a, a, a burst blood vessel, unless you have a genetic predisposition where you have aneurysms, is hypertension or high blood pressure. Exactly. Something we can treat as long as you get your blood pressure taken. Exactly. And, and hypertension is also a form of, because uh, as I said, and, and you right. like, it's, it's also a form of cardiovascular disease. That's right high blood pressure, uh, many, you know, high, and again, genetics aside and knowing your family history is important, but as you just pointed out, Dr. Goldberg, it doesn't mean you're going to have heart disease. There are so many lifestyle changes that you can make to reduce your risk. Uh, one, you talk about exercise. The other one that you really start out and in, 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 in really spell out clean is put the salt shaker away and reduce your sodium That's- intake. That's right, and, and that's one of the ways that we can lower blood pressure. It's not the only way that we can lower blood pressure mm-hmm. um, through prevention. Exercise also helps keep your blood pressure low, mm-hmm. and there is a specific diet that has been um, backed by research. It's called the DASH diet, which starts, stands for Dietary Approaches to stop hypertension, hmm. and it's a diet that's rich in fruits, dra- vegetables, whole grains, um, lean, lean um, protein sources, and it's believed that the blood pressure is lowered from the vitamins and minerals that are found in those foods. Well, to me, that's just called a healthy diet. I didn't know it was called a healthy diet. It is a healthy diet, and and subsequently it's been studied um, in terms of lowering blood sugar and cholesterol. But, you know, in all the years of practice and and meeting women and having a lot of girlfriends, people need a plan. So if we call it the DASH diet instead of just a healthy diet, it sounds like a plan. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Some other signs of a stroke, we talked about a headache um, that won't go away or is extraordinary. Unfortunately, I just want to let everyone know the woman who um, had the stroke was wise enough to call someone to let her know she was having a bad headache before she took the pills and went to bed. And she did have a stroke, and she fortunately uh, lived and was fine. But there's also sudden difficulty in seeing, walking, balance, dizziness, difficulty swallowing, or weakness in your face, arm, or leg. 
right? Right, and you 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 know you might find the weakness on one side of your mm-hmm. arm or leg or or a difficulty expressing yourself, getting the words out, right. and just and or something that sometimes you don't realize is you're not understanding the people uh, that are talking to you, right. like somebody's shaking you, going, "What's going on?" I want to enforce a really important thing about stroke symptoms. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people who are having a stroke can't call 911 because they can't speak. Right. So it's important for all of us to learn those signs and symptoms that you just um, just described so mm-hmm. somebody can call 911. And the reason why you want to call 911 is because you want to get to the hospital really quickly yeah. because now we need to diagnose whether it's caused by bleeding or a blood clot. Exactly. And that's important because unlike a heart attack where if you're having the symptoms, you may be instructed to take an aspirin, mm-hmm. chew an aspirin. You don't do that in a stroke because wow. first you have to make sure if it's what's causing the stroke. And when you go to an ER, you could rapidly get a scan and find out. And if it's caused by a blood clot, we can use clot-busting medicine to open up the blood clot and restore the brain function before it's permanently damaged. Wow. Well, you know, I think, you know, the time is of the essence, and I just want to state very clearly that if you have a condition that is not normal or you're in excruciating pain or you're suddenly finding yourself in any incapacitated situation, you know, don't let your friend drive you to the hospital Absolutely or your husband. not. I actually know of a situation where that happened and the woman died. Yeah, because in the setting, particularly of heart attack or stroke, complications can happen right. that you don't have the resources to, to treat. For instance, right. in the setting of a heart attack, somebody can uh, suddenly collapse due to a, a rapid, irregular heart rhythm. Right. And in an ambulance, they can deliver a shock with a defibrillator. And go back. You go back into regular rhythm. They've saved your life on the way exactly. to the emergency room. Or so oxygen. that's why we tell people. That's right. That's why we tell people to call nine one one. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not causing anybody a problem. I mean, if you're if you're busy enough to call Uber, you can call nine one one. Right. Having, that's right. Having, don't and let also, somebody take you. <laughs> another another thing you shouldn't do is if you're thinking you're having a heart attack or a stroke. Don't waste time looking it up on the web. Oh, God, yes, please. Because we've all, I've had patients who've done that. I've had friends who tell me that they've done things like that. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. You need to get medical attention quickly. Exactly. This is not the time to self-diagnose. No. Get to a doctor. It, it really is important. And, you know, that's what EMS is for. <laughs> Absolutely. Here. You know what it is, Melanie? It, it, what happens is, is peop, people think it takes a really long time. When you're waiting, you think it's longer than it is for the, for the EMS to arrive. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you think it's going to take forever, and then people think about, like, Princess Diana died in the, in the emergency. But you know what? An emergency vehicle is set up and equipped to administer the things that could save your life, not your husband's absolutely. car. That's and right. Absolutely. It's, it's really, really important. I want to dive a little bit more into um, some other uh, – uh, well, uh, first of all, I want to talk about some other areas of heart 
disease, again, because most people don't really think about anything but a heart attack. But there's also arteriosclerosis and arrhythmias. Let's talk a little bit about those. So arteriosclerosis means the buildup of cholesterol in the walls of your artery. That's the building block of the disease known as coronary artery disease that can lead to a heart attack. An arrhythmia deals more with the electrical system of the heart. We actually have an electrical system in order to have our heartbeats. So the electrical system um, is, is what causes your heartbeat. And sometimes if your heart skips a beat or you feel rapid or fluttering heartbeats or irregular heartbeats, and then we know that it's... Um, Due to an arrhythmia, it means a change in the normal heartbeat. Is that something that could be life-threatening or, or just needs to be managed? In many situations, a skipped beat, if you have a healthy heart and otherwise a healthy person, is not dangerous. Mm-hmm. But in the setting of a heart attack, when those arrhythmias happen, those are dangerous, can be dangerous. Um, and then there's a heart arrhythmia that is very common in women um, a little bit older, you know, old, over 60, which is atrial fibrillation. And I want to uh, talk a little bit about that because that's an irregular heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And although it doesn't necessarily, may not necessarily cause you to collapse, one of the big risks of that irregular heart rhythm is a stroke. Wow. Um, and so it's important to make that diagnosis, and we can do that easily with an electrocardiogram or wearing a heart monitor for a couple of days or a few weeks till we catch the arrhythmia in someone who has symptoms. And you know, how, how, how often and at what, at, what, at what age and then how often should women be getting uh, echo? echo Echocardiogram, correct? That's the correct. Equation. Well, we use echocardiograms as a test to, t- to look at heart muscle function mm-hmm. um, and your heart valves and your heart size. Mm-hmm. And we use that as a test in someone who has symptoms or we think that they have heart symptoms or on physical exam we hear a heart murmur. A heart murmur comes from the valves. Many times it's benign. But an echocardiogram lets us know specifically where it's coming from. And should you do those annually? No, we don't do annual echocardiograms. It's not an annual test. It's a test that we use periodically in patients. Sometimes people have more than one of them, but we don't necessarily do it every year. Oh, I thought it was part of your normal physical. I just had one. No, a uh, normal physical really includes um, what we call the vital signs, your blood pressure, your heart rate, height and weight. Um, maybe an electrocardiogram is something you get at your annual visit. Oh, ele- okay. So what's If you're over 50. So what's an electrocardiogram versus an echo- echocardiogram? An echocardiogram is a sonogram of your heart. Oh, is that the one where they put the stickers all over your body? No, the stickers over your body are an electrocardiogram. That That's tells us about your heart rhythm. Uh-huh. And it, it, if someone has had a heart attack, the electrocardiogram may be abnormal. Ah, I see. That's what I had. They always leave a sticker on. Um, I know. More... It's a souvenir of the visit. <laughs> who is more, let's talk about risk factors. Obviously, um, obesity is a factor. If you smoke a lot, uh, sadly. If you smoke at all, it's a risk factor. Yeah. So just don't smoke, period. That's right. 
<laughs> uh, sedentary lifestyle, which uh, it, it can lead to obesity, um, an unhealthy diet, uh, and sadly, excessive alcohol consumption. Well, you know um, what? An unhealthy diet is somewhat confusing because right. there are like there's a diet a day. Like if you walk, yeah. if you if you read, you you surf the web, or you read the paper, or your best friend tells you. Sometimes you think the wine and chocolate diet can help your heart, <laughs> and that <laughs> that is a pleasurable preventive thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't is not necessarily the first choice. <laughs> so, really, when we talk about a healthy diet, it's that healthy diet you talked we talked about earlier the dash diet with it mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables whole grains avoiding processed foods mm-hmm. um, Which are don't add salt. salt don't add salt and particularly if you're eating out in restaurants mm-hmm. restaurants really like to use salt makes oh, yeah, the food tasty and keeps you coming back right. but um, you should the, the things that tend to have the salt are the sauces and the salad dressing mm-hmm. so you keep that on the side Right. Because after all, if you can see your reflection in the salad, that means there's just too much grease. Well, you can see your reflection in any food. It's just too much grease. <laughs> too much grease, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about stress. Um, and and I, I'm very passionate about this because I'm convinced that that was led me to my one of the many things that really tipped me over in my road to unhealth, which I'm back from. Um, are, do certain, you, you do mention in the book that the type A women tend to have higher well, risks. Well, people who are, are stressed are women who tend to not really have control over their world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they have too many tasks and not enough time, mm-hmm. or they may feel that um, at work they're just, they they just can't get out from under. Mm-hmm. So th- those people tend to um, have a higher blood pressure, more likely to have heart attacks. Mm-hmm. We're just figuring out where stress fits in. I really think stress is unhealthy, no matter what medical condition um, you may have. I agree. It, right, yeah, you know, stress has been associated with decreasing immunity. So. When you're stressed out, you may have a greater tendency to getting a cold. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I tr- it's not the only condition, but it's certainly one that hastens things. It, it just, and, and, the, and the side-by-side with that is lack of sleep, which can lead to more stress. And People- also raises your blood pressure and your blood mm-hmm. sugar. Lack of sleep? Lack of sleep and increases belly fat. <gasps> You know, I have been sleeping longer and longer and convinced that the longer I sleep, the better I work. Healthier. I wanted to mention a a kind of heart attack that we see in women, and it's called a stress cardiomyopathy. It really is women um, after, um, it's more common in women, and there is a a stressful life-changing event you may may have just moved or changed your job mm-hmm. or there's been a death in the family or a divorce or some you know some stru- great a, a really stressful event and when women develop symptoms like a heart attack go to the hospital and the blood test that we check at the hospital to diagnose a heart attack is positive but when we take a look at the arteries mm-hmm. they they're clear and the heart muscle itself is weakened. And we're still learning more about this. The good news is, is over time, over a few months, the heart can recover its function. 
Is that like like beyond beyond a because then there's panic attacks where people their heart you know well are... well we should talk about symptoms of the heart a heart attack yes and it could yes. be the crushing pressure in the center of the chest radiating down the arm or up the neck or it could be shortness of breath without any chest discomfort mm-hmm. important to remember the location of the chest discomfort like if it's on the right it's it could be a heart attack as well as on the left or even lower down, because oftentimes women mistake the lower chest discomfort as a stomach upset. Or, or, or yeah, yeah, or, or, or indigestion. And, and indigestion. Upper ab- abdominal discomfort is one of them, and the other is interest back pain, because you never upper think Upper back, back pain. pain. It's not the kind of low back pain when you pull out your muscle. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it's a squeezing tightness, um, yeah, just it's a. It feels like it's a con, a, a compressing kind of pain. Mm-hmm. And and these are often a heart attack is called a silent killer. Um, I've done a couple of things. You know, I love to do at least one good show on on, on understanding heart disease. And this has been even more thorough because we've covered other areas besides a heart attack. A heart attack is often a silent killer. They call it because women think the as you said think the symptoms are something else and usually tied to indigestion or irritable bowel syndrome or fatigue and fatigue is a sign of a heart attack fatigue right fatigue is a sign and having an a, a sudden collapse could also be a sign i think what's important and of course you'll strongly state this as we round on the t- um, time we have together is that time is of the essence that you know don't ignore your symptoms now i have to ask you know um, if you're having any signs how does aspirin tie into this? Aspirin um, can reduce blood from clotting. Mm -hmm. So a blood clot is causing a heart attack. But just taking an aspirin is not enough. That's why you have to go to the hospital. You know, sometimes a a patient will come in and say, well, I took an aspirin and I waited. Not good. Mm -mm. You need to go to the hospital. Yeah, go to the ho- I mean, really, go to the hospital. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Call 911. Call 911. Those are the, the, the three numbers you need more than anything. 911 is more important than 411. So you've got to really, really uh, take care of yourself. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. We've been talking with Dr. Nieka Goldberg, and your book is The Complete Guide to Women's Health. Um, you cover, we've only covered one area. You cover so many aspects of it, including I just did a show on hormones, those right. little stinky little things that do all sorts of things to your body, and of course <laughs> breast cancer, which I cover at length year round and not just in October, being a survivor. And you do have, um, I love this, I posted it, your three star plan for a four star life. That's right. Which is really, really simple. Eat healthy, eat a healthy diet, um, exercise regularly, and get enough sleep, right? That's it. It's hard to eat healthy, but um, you can try. You may not be able to every day be perfect, but if you're able to do it on most days, that's a really good step. You know, I I went from eating like crazy crazy women unhealthy all the time dining out to eating healthy you you just have to put your mind to it and realize that nothing is more important than your health having four-star health is more important than a four-star meal in an expensive restaurant and with that in mind um i want to thank you again for being on the show i'm dr nyeka goldberg and again i gotta give a shout out to um nyu uh, joan h tish uh center for women's health in manhattan new york university langoni center great hospital you've been listening to fearless 
fabulous you. I am all about helping you stay fabulous. Remember, invest in your health. It's the best investment you'll make. Join me next week and find me on iHeart anytime, anywhere. Ladies, it ain't easy being independent. Question, how'd you like this knowledge that I brought? Bragging on that cash that he gave you as a front. If you're gonna brag, make sure it's your money in front. Depend on no one else to give you what you want. Shoes on my feet. 